For those of you who've been looking for Season 1 of Solarpunk Presence, but haven't been able to find it, here it is. Originally, it was published as part of Solarpunk Magazine's Solarpunk Futures podcast. We're reposting our episodes on our site to make them easier for you to listen to if you didn't catch them the first time. We hope you enjoy them. Also, don't forget to support us by spreading the word about Solarpunk Presence, writing us a review, or subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash solarpunkpresence. Welcome to Solarpunk Presents, the companion podcast to Solarpunk Futures. Hosted by Solarpunk Magazine nonfiction editors extraordinaire Ariel Kroon and Christina Della Rocha. Ariel and I will be using this companion podcast to Solarpunk Futures to explore Solarpunk goings on in the world today. We'll be interviewing all sorts of interesting people who are doing work in the here and now that will help us get to a Solarpunk future. And we'll be talking to each other about the visions of a sustainable, equitable future integral to solar punk, and about issues we're curious about within the movement or genre, or whatever it is you want to call solar punk. Welcome to episode 8 of Solar Punk Presence, in which Ariel interviews Heather McKenzie, the executive director of Solar Alberta. For those of you who aren't familiar with Canada's 13 provinces and territories, Alberta is sandwiched between British Columbia to the west and Saskatchewan to its east, and it sits above the U.S. state of Montana. About 4.3 million people live there. Its capital is Edmonton. The pillar of its economy is the oil and gas industry, which provides 15.3% of Canada's GDP. Solar Alberta is a nonprofit that aims to change that by supporting and advocating for solar energy and solar-related technologies. Their goal is in Alberta with a sustainable and just energy sector. Okay, take it away, Ariel and Heather. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Solar Punk Presence. Today, I'm joined by Heather McKenzie, who is the Executive Director of Solar Alberta. Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to our discussion. Thanks. It's good to be here. So let's start off, but I just want you to introduce yourself and maybe talk a bit about how Solar Alberta got started and how you got involved with them. I got started with Solar Alberta just two years ago, but actually the organization has been around for well over 31 years. So it's a very long-standing not-for-profit society in Alberta. Um, over the past 31 years, that's gone through many different sort of versions of Solar Alberta. So we were the Solar Energy Society of Alberta and we, we recently adopted the new name Solar Alberta and uh, are enjoying the simplicity of that. And we started out sort of as a do-it-yourself solar club. Uh, you know, just a bunch of dudes wanting to get up on their roofs and uh, mess around with new technology and very expensive technology at the time. Uh, but some of the first uh, solar installations in Western Canada went in uh, as a result of our members and their enthusiasm for solar uh, energy. And then over time, it transitioned into a very formal uh, sort of not-for-profit. And um, about, I guess it would have been about 10 years ago, 
things really started to shift, right? And uh, I think you will be well aware that the price for solar started dropping. It became more realistic for your average uh, Albertan to participate in the solar sector. Uh, and so as that shift uh, occurred, we saw uh, something of a, a maturation of the industry. So a lot of those folks who were the the do-it-yourself uh, fellas on the roof decided to start businesses and start doing solar for other people. Uh, and Solar Alberta has essentially become a hub for both solar enthusiasts and uh, solar industry alike. And so we now have about 350 members, about 150 of those are businesses. Many of them are micro-generation focused, so they focus on installations that are for homes and businesses, and they still get up on those roofs <laughs> and, and, uh, and do it themselves. But um, a, a lot of them are now also, I call them solar related or solar adjacent, because of course we've had a, a recent solar farm boom in Alberta as well. And so we're seeing an ever increasing number of, of fascinating new members who are interested in all things solar farms, like anything from the, the folks who want to sell you the screws for your solar farm <laughs> to the people who want to deal with offsets. So we have a really interesting mix of members right now. And um, our mission is really to accelerate the energy transition here in Alberta uh, in both a just and sustainable way. So we are equity focused and we're really passionate about making sure that the solar sector becomes more diverse and inclusive. And uh, also we are uh, doing a lot of public education and advocacy. So we, we spend a good chunk of time putting together uh, webinars and uh, conference uh, program and all sorts of things to bring everybody along on this ride uh, as we transition into a more uh, sustainable future. Thank you so much for letting me know. I became familiar with Solar Alberta while I was living in Edmonton uh, for the past six and a half years, but I didn't know that it started so grassroots. Yeah, it's really neat. And some of the original members are still around. And uh, so we really enjoy having them at our events and uh, just constantly online uh, defending the cause, <laughs> dealing, with, dealing with all of our trolls. <laughs> That's so, so cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> not every day. Oh, pardon me. Oh, I was going to ask, do you get a lot of trolls? Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, anytime you pay to advertise any program, you basically get hit up with uh, plenty of trolls. And uh, that's just the nature of the beast. I think anyone trying to do anything new and emergent in the energy sector is probably dealing with the same issues. So mm. part of the transition is dealing with the trolls. <laughs> <laughs> People, some people really love new things. Some people are a little bit more reluctant to get to new things and yeah. Yeah, and some of it is, is just hardcore trolling, but, uh, but sometimes it's genuine questions and critiques. And actually we use much of that uh, feedback to build our programs. So, you know, we were getting questions about solar panel recycling and questions about, you know, the life cycle analysis of, of these modules. And um, so we've been running webinars about that and we've been working with the Alberta Recycling Management Authority to establish Alberta's, you know, first made in Canada reuse and recycling programs. So uh, it's pretty exciting. And uh, so I shouldn't say, you know, not all, tro not all trolls are, are alike. <laughs> some are just being, being paid by the establishment to kind of come online and talk smack no matter what. And others just have genuine questions and they've, they've read things that made them wonder about the sustainability of our product. And so, uh, yeah, happy to answer questions about that and, and make sure that we are good players and good ethical players in the, in the energy sector as well. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about why it's so important for Solar Alberta to 
to do the work that it's doing, especially in the uh, unique political situation or, well, unique economic situation of Alberta, Canada, especially for a lot of our listeners who aren't from Canada and might not be quite familiar with Alberta as basically the, um, the heart of oil and gas company, uh, or oil and gas, sorry, country in yeah. Canada. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we, we wear multiple hats these days, right? We, we have that oil and gas hat, but we also have, uh, you know, we are now one of the biggest uh, sort of solar, <laughs> solar powerhouses in the country as well. And so uh, we do have incredible solar potential, I think second only to Saskatchewan in Canada. And so that's phenomenal, especially in Southern Alberta, some of the best uh, solar production potential. This solar PV I'm talking about, by the way, uh, of course, solar thermals in the mix still here and there, but it's certainly not as prominent in Alberta as the solar PV. And, and when I talk about our generating potential, I'm talking about so solar photovoltaics, uh, just, just for those who are wondering, because uh, some people think solar thermal, you're not the, you're not the powerhouse of solar thermal. <laughs> I say, no, no, we're, the, we're a powerhouse when it comes to solar PV because of course solar PV likes colder climates so it's actually not a problem for solar PV to uh, to take off in Alberta. We do have a really unique sector here so one of the big differences between Alberta and the rest of Canada is we don't have a crown corp uh, running everything in terms of the electricity uh, market. Um, it's all private right so we're kind of the Texas <laughs> of Canada and uh, so we've got this private market and, and that allows for uh, extremely fast growth in the solar sector. So we are just seeing, uh, I mean, it's exponential. We, it's almost keeping up with those COVID rates. I mean, it's amazing to see how the solar is taking off uh, in part because of our market. Essentially what our market allows for is uh, individual uh, solar farm developers can come in, they, as long as they can get permission through the ISO to, to operate, um, they can actually sell their power directly to some of those large multinational companies through power purchase agreements. Um, so you see Amazon, you see RBC, you see Levats, all of these power purchase agreements um, where folks are making a deal directly with the solar developer. That's only actually possible really in Alberta within the Canadian context. So uh, that's part of why we're seeing such a boom here is because uh, folks can make a deal. Also, Albertans love making a deal so that uh, lends itself to our culture very well. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about Alberta and how we're special and, and solar Alberta in particular is very important, um, not just for promoting, you know, the solar potential of Alberta, but also we, we're kind of a, a hub for the little guy. So we really, uh, of, of our 150 businesses, I think about 120 of them are actually small businesses under five employees. So uh, we really are a place where folks can come if they're wanting to be new entrants into the sector, wanting to transition into the sector. A lot of people are attracted to our programs, especially if, if they're transitioning out of the oil and gas sector, because we provide professional development uh, that is really beneficial if you're making that shift from one industry to another. Yeah, so that's a little bit about us and the role we're playing here in Alberta. Yeah, for sure. Um, with that providing education and training and, and upscaling, I guess, to a lot of uh, former oil and gas employees. Uh, do you find that a lot of those workers uh, tend to seek you out or do you make a lot of presentations and they come to you? Uh, how does that kind of work? You bet, you bet. So we run a variety of events throughout the year. We do have kind of networking events at our solar show. So this year it'll be February 6th through 10th. And on the last night we'll have 
sort of a storytelling night. This is what we've done the last two years is storytelling about folks making the transition into the sector, how they did it. Many of them mid-career professionals who are making the shift, uh, you know, where they went for their training, who, how they approached uh, get being hired. Um, so we do a lot of storytelling. Uh, we do a lot of relationship building, uh, mostly online, of course, right now because of COVID, but also uh, because we are province-wide. And so this allows us to um, make sure we're connecting with people in rural and Northern Alberta as well. Um, and then of course we use our partners as well to promote transition into the sector. So we have a great partnership with Iron and Earth. They are working very directly with oil workers as well as indigenous Albertans to transition those folks into the sector. So we kind of a mutual referral relationship. If anyone wants to get a job on a, a you know, a solar or wind farm, uh, we say, hey, you know, go to Iron and Earth for their rapid retraining on site programs. And if, if Iron and Earth is discovering that someone wants to uh, make a living doing rooftop solar installations in their home community rather than uh, running around to every solar farm in the province <laughs> and they can ship us uh, ship, ship those folks over to us for some of those rooftop uh, programs and and training so we work hard together we also work with relay education which is a, a charity across canada they have a green collars career program and together uh, we provide tours to commercial sites for folks who are interested in learning about the ins and outs of of solar installations on the ground, um, but we also do additional, uh, I call them, it's kind of, <laughs> it's like speed dating. We do sort of a speed dating uh, process for, for folks who are considering entering the, 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 um, the sector uh, with those who are already in it. So uh, we don't technically call it speed dating every time we promote it, but that's how I imagine it. <laughs> and we use like Zoom platform to just push people through different breakout rooms with different individuals and hope hope that uh, something takes hold. This month, actually, we're doing something new. Um, we're bringing together most of the polytechnics in the province. So the post-secondary programs that are kind of college or, uh, you know, hands-on training. And we're bringing them together for one night to essentially be an online open house for folks who are interested in the, in the solar sector. So um, that's really cool. That's the first time we've tried that. And it's actually coming up. I'm just going to double check here. The 27th of September. So yeah, if people are oh, interested wow. in, uh, in meeting all the different folks here, we're going to have you know, Lakeland College, we're going to have Lethbridge, they're wind experts in Lethbridge. <laughs> we're going to have Red Deer here, we're going to have all sorts of folks. Um, Nate's attending, I believe. And Nate, of course, uh, has a long history of providing training for in the renewable sector here in Edmonton. So your, your workshops, are they only sort of available in the moment when people sign up to and go to them? Or do you have a YouTube presence where you have sort of the videos on demand later that people can check out? Um, yeah, good question. Sure. About so all of our, yeah, so all of our free programming, which includes most of our solar show every year, as well as our Thursday seminar series, which we run on one or two Thursdays a month, those programs are all recorded and edited and thrown up on YouTube. So you can access them on YouTube or through our website. As for all of our free programming, so that's solaralberta.ca. And then any of our paid content, which is kind of funny to call it paid, it's very affordable <laughs> because we are a not-for-profit. So, you know, our workshops run, our hour-long workshops are usually like 40 bucks to download um, our our eight to ten hour uh, courses or sometimes even longer than that our courses are usually like 175 200 so it's very affordable training that's more of the professional development industry oriented uh, training 
Um, that's all available on our website, paper download. Uh, we do have a bunch of live courses launching this fall and we run them Tuesday and Thursday evenings because they're really tailored towards folks who are actually already um, working nine to five and they really need the evening professional development. So mm -hmm. you'll find a lot of electricians in our courses, you know, for example, they're, they're used to working in the oil sector. They want to shift over to solar, but they need to know all the codes for solar. So we have yeah. like a, a electrical codes for solar cool. <laughs> uh, program. Yeah. And then you'll also get a lot of engineers uh, who are maybe used to doing design work, uh, design work in um, some other space. And they're interested in learning about solar sector, solar rooftop, solar design and modeling. So we get a lot of folks like mm -hmm. that. Um, but lately, actually, it's, uh, you know, ever increasing diverse uh, attendees and really neat to see some of the different folks who are showing up for our classes. So um, now that we've gone online, actually, the coolest thing is seeing how truly cross Canada, the solar sector is, it's just like any other energy sector, right? Like we've got all these folks from Eastern Canada signing up for our courses because nice. they're, they're about to be shipped over here and their employees, their employers are like, you better learn the sector in Alberta before we ship you over there. <laughs> so, um, so it's really interesting to see how, how folks are coming from across Canada here. Um, we've played that role historically, uh, you know, our energy sector has always drawn people from around Canada and it's just mm. interesting interesting to see how solar plays the same role so yeah yeah that's I mean you anticipated a question I was going to ask you was that <laughs> does solar Alberta I mean obviously it's in the name it's focused on Alberta but do you have partnerships with other sort of cross Canada organizations or anything like that um, absolutely yeah so we actually have really strong partnerships uh, one is with Canria so they're Canria is the National Wind and Solar Association I'm sure you're familiar with them but uh they are an industry association, whereas we are a not-for-profit society. So we play slightly different roles. Uh, we, we have members who are not businesses as well as businesses, whereas they are exclusive. Uh, but we have a great partnership with them, making sure that we're engaged in each other's events and activities. Um, you know, we also are connected a little bit <laughs> to some of the other solar folks around the country. Uh, I will say solar Alberta is fairly unique. I know there's solar Nova Scotia. I think that's happening nowadays. I've been seeing them a little bit online, um, but there aren't a lot of other provinces or territories with something comparable to solar Alberta. Mm. So what's happening more and more in Western Canada. And what I've noticed in our membership is a lot of folks from BC and Saskatchewan, especially the solar businesses there are gravitating to us. We, we even have this Alberta solar map that shows all the case studies of our members. And it's just really interesting because, you know, we don't force uh, them to conform to our borders. And so all these installations are popping up on our case study map from BC and Saskatchewan. And, and that's how, you know, that's how we know that, uh, that we're playing a, a very large role here in Canada, um, not that's just awesome. serving Albertans. Yeah. Yeah, well, sunshine knows no borders, I think. Exactly. <laughs> and, and actually, a lot of Alberta-based businesses are operating in Saskatchewan and BC and vice versa, right? So uh, so they also, as companies, just aren't really uh, sticking around in one, one particular <laughs> province. Yeah, well, that's actually, great. Well, yeah, we've seen actually that that reminds me that we've seen a lot of movement. Uh, so companies that may have once been Edmonton-based are now uh, doing work all across the province. Uh, companies that were originally Calgary-based are now all over the province, lots of demand from rural Alberta. So one of the courses we started offering is about working with Alberta's wire providers because another unique 
uh, factor here is because we don't have one crown corporation running, <laughs> running the show, we actually have, I think, like more than eight. Uh, there are quite a few different wire providers. Um, there are the four big ones. So they do all the energy distribution. So you've mm-hmm. got, you know, got your municipally controlled um, a company, which is essentially a mini crown corp in Edmonton, Epcor. And then you have your mini crown corp in Calgary and Max. Um, and then you've got Atco and Fortis in rural Alberta, uh, quite dominant. Um, and then a few municipalities have their own. <laughs> they really do their own thing. Uh, Medicine Hat's very unique. And uh, we do have also uh, Equus and a number of uh, rural electrification associations. So, so we've been running a wire providers course just to help folks as they expand their work across the province to be able to figure out how to work with all the different uh, distribution folks in the sector and how to get their uh, applications through the systems, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I never thought about that. I mean, uh, how do you get the energy from one place to another and it of course is through through wires <laughs> yeah that distribution center so you know the distribution system so important the transmission system as well you know i'm really excited next week i've been invited to speak um the alberta utilities consumer advocate has invited me to come speak to them about the uh, impacts of solar on alberta's uh, grid and so, you know, obviously the impacts are phenomenal from my perspective, <laughs> I'm heavily biased, but, uh, you know, I, I'm just really looking forward to that conversation and, and talking a little bit about those um, transmission and distribution lines and making sure we, uh, we understand the, the benefits of distributed energy and, and how that can help to reduce costs for all ratepayers in the province. Right, right. Now, you spoke about this a little bit earlier, and I just want to come back to it um, about the sort of demographics that you've been experiencing. Um, the, so there's this traditional image of the Albertan oil and gas worker um, that's from like, I think the 80s, uh, but it's this sort of stereotypical uh, rig pig or whatever that people look down on um, being just sort of, you know, like this young guy who maybe dropped out of high school and, and doesn't really care about the environment. And I've like to do a little bit of myth busting here and so could you tell me who these workers actually are and what's in this transition for them and how can we relate to them now in the 21st century well i think that uh folks who are in the solar sector in alberta you know it started out uh maybe 10 15 years ago and when the companies were first starting typically you're dealing with your environmentalists (laughs) you're usually at that time um, talking to people who are really concerned about climate change, wanting to, to make a move on that, which makes perfect sense. Um, often you'd be dealing with middle-aged white dudes who have the power and privilege to take a risk and mm-hmm. enter, enter into a sector that a lot of others just don't have the ability to mm-hmm. enter into are, are more risk adverse and can't, uh, can't take that risk. Um, so, so we had that sort of entrepreneurial uh, risk taker, uh, quite privileged culture for quite some time. Um, and kudos to those uh, original few. Uh, but now it's really shifted. Yeah. So of course, nowadays, uh, not only are people adopting solar for largely economic reasons, rather than environmental reasons, uh, people are also transitioning into the solar sector for largely uh, economic reasons and not necessarily always environmental reasons. So, you know, both reasons are valid. If people need a job, they need a job, right? It's, uh, it's, it's about feeding their families and it always has been. I mean, I think, like you said, the, the image of the oil worker, um, 
there, there are very few who really meet that stereotype head on. <laughs> Often it's just, you know, somebody who really has some mouths to feed and they need to be able to make a dime. And so um, that's really been the, the history of the energy sector in Alberta is just about uh, providing for folks and their families. And it continues to be. Solar sector is a little different. We don't ride the same roller coaster that they do in the oil sector. So what we're finding is the solar sector is really attracting people who are looking for stability. They want to get off the roller coaster. They want to de-risk their employment. Yes, you can make more money in the oil sector. We're never going to be able to compete with that. But the reason they're making more money is because of the risk. And so, of course, if you're making six figures a year, that's probably because your job is very <laughs> risky and you might be looking at not making much at all the next year. And so, yeah, solar sector positions, you know, they might not start out in the six figures like an oil sector job, but the fact is they can get there and they're not going to disappear on you <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> like there's a really strong future there. So we're getting people shifting over who are interested in more job security now. It has become a much less risky industry. Uh, you know, 15 years ago, solar was the risky industry. Nowadays, if you stay in oil, that's the risky industry because everyone knows it's a dying industry. So, um, so yeah, definitely seeing a lot of transition of people looking for stability, looking for good employment. And in the rooftop space in particular, what we get is people who would like to have work closer to home. So they're tired mm -hmm. of having to work uh, and live in camps and they would like to actually um, serve businesses and homes in the area in which they live. So we do have a lot of people in the rooftop sector who are very committed to their local community and living local. Mm -hmm. It's so great that uh, Solar Alberta is connecting people with the jobs that they actually want to work. Yeah, actually, I should mention every Wednesday, we do actually push out job postings. So watch all our social media feeds. All of our members can uh, supply. We actually we actually have 40 volunteers who, who go through our members' websites, find all the job postings, and then put them all together in a big list for us to push out on Wednesdays. So um, just trying to simplify things, make it easier. We used to have a website people, you, they have to come to if they wanted to look for jobs. Uh, but we realized that's just a little bit too much to put on people. It's easier if you push it out at them. So, uh, so if you want to just have jobs pushed at you, follow us on social media and we will do so every Wednesday. <laughs> oh, that's very, very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those that they, they're the ones that catch your eye, right? Like often you, you might not be thinking of the solar sector, but if, if something comes out on, on social media, you're like, oh, maybe I, maybe I will check that out. And maybe I, there is a possibility for me to enter that sector. So wow, that's amazing. Tweaks, tweaks, tweaks people's interest who might not go on a job hunt. <laughs> so solar punk is a genre of speculative storytelling. But it's also so much more. It's a way of imagining a better future where the energy is clean and sustainable and people are treated equitably by their neighbors, um, where work is something that people actually want to do, as opposed to something that they just have to do in order to survive. And uh, where like indigenous sovereignty and land rights are respected and recognized and where communities can freely share resources and everyone can benefit from the access to those resources. So I'm curious to know, um, what does your sustainable vision of this solar punk kind of future would look like, especially in Alberta, Canada? Um, would you paint us a picture? Yeah, absolutely. So I firmly believe that we are not going to accomplish this energy transition that we need to uh, if we're leaving half the population behind. 
so, you know, yes, we can get it done, leaving half the population behind, but we're not going to get it done quickly. We're not going to get it done effectively, and it's certainly not going to be pleasant. So, <laughs> uh, so I think we actually need to bring everyone along. Uh, and so the Solar Alberta Board is very committed to, uh, to ensuring an equitable future as well as a just and sustainable future. So we have been actually spending a lot of time and energy on that justice piece in the last year. There are a number of steps we've taken. One, we've recognized that this is still a very male-dominated sector and, uh, and also white male-dominated. So, you know, obviously you know, we need to diversify this sector just as with any other energy sector. The solar sector is better than most. Uh, apparently we've got like, I think something over 30% women in the, in the field as opposed to 20 in the oil sector, something like that. Uh, so we're definitely doing a bit better, um, but <laughs> we know there's room for growth. So we're working on that. We've got a diversity discount code in place. If anyone uh, identifies as equity deserving and they would like to access 20% off our courses, that's, uh, they just have to fire us an email and they can have the code for that. Um, we actually uh, are, are just in the process of launching a new scholarship that will also be equity focused, diversity focused, just looking for our first sponsor for that. So if anyone wants to be the, the lead sponsor on Alberta, Solar Alberta's new diversity scholarship, they're welcome to uh, participate in that way. Additionally, next month, I'm actually going to be presenting on how to build equity in the solar sector at the Calgary Climate Symposium. So people are welcome to come and tune in online and I'll be chatting about some of the different techniques we can take. Um, this summer we've had this amazing intern working hard to prepare a bunch of inclusive employer resources. So recognizing that we have access to, you know, uh, well over 100, 150 now uh, employers in the solar sector and they are some of the folks who can take the lead on diversifying this area. We are giving them the resources and tools they need to hire and uh, uh, retain and promote uh, more women, people of color and Indigenous folks and uh, those with disabilities and others. So, uh, so we're definitely providing a toolkit <laughs> to make sure we're all uh, moving in the same direction here. And uh, that's some of what we're doing internally. Also, externally, we're advocating pretty hard for some key policy and program changes that will diversify the sector. I don't, I don't think it would be a surprise to you or your listeners to know that solar is often more affordable for those with more money and that that is a, a problem we need to overcome. And so we're really, you know, really working hard to promote some of the new financing programs that are available, the clean energy improvement program that's uh, rolling out in municipalities across much of Alberta has the potential the potential to be really a game changer for low or fixed income homeowners. Um, and so we're really promoting that. And we're also promoting income testing for that. <laughs> I always say it should either be income tested or universal. If you can't give this deal to everybody, then you need to make sure it's income tested. Um, mm -hmm. So we're really, really promoting that for, for both the clean energy improvement program, but also for various rebates and incentives, either universality or income testing. Uh, fortunately, the federal clean energy grant and loan programs, I don't think they're finite right now. It seems like they're accessible mm -hmm. to most people. So um, most people who are homeowners is the sad part. It's, it's still very oriented towards the middle class, right? Because uh, none of these incentive programs are really beneficial for renters. Yeah, that, that's a major concern we have. So we are working to promote programs whereby 
you know, we actually just put solar on low income homes and affordable homes. We don't force them to pay for it, right? So, um, you know, pairing pairing solar and green building uh, building design with uh, with actual um, affordable housing builds as they go is a really great strategy to make sure renters and others can can participate in the solar sector as well. And then there's the community generation sector, which we're just trying to see how we can support it better because theoretically, you know, community generation should be a great way for renters, um, condo owners, a variety of folks whose roofs are not solar appropriate to participate in the solar sector. Um, mm -hmm. But it's still very new in Alberta and only a few people are just getting their, their footing in that. So we are providing sort of community generation 101 sessions, trying to uh, bring some of the, the knowledgeable folks in that space out and uh, make sure that everybody can start uh, reaping the benefits of, of solar energy production on their utility bills, ideally. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds like that's a really... I mean, educating the public about what's out there is so important because there's all of these little programs and, and organizations and companies that people don't really know about if you're not paying attention to the solar industry itself. And so what Solar Alberta is doing is... Uh, Really good community service, I think. <laughs> well, we're trying hard, and uh, we do identify as a you know a not-for-profit that's first and foremost here, you know, to provide community benefit, right? So that is a, a goal of ours. We actually have eleven thousand followers online now, and I think that is in large part because of that community benefit piece and that communication piece. People are, like you said, they they want to know how to participate and uh, and there are so many little programs here and there and little pieces of information um, that they need that said I always say if you want to if you want to learn about uh, how to finance your array uh, an easy way is to get three quotes from from three of our members and they're all heavily motivated to help people figure out how to finance their arrays so they actually are the experts on that topic so if people are curious about the various options most of the installers are actually the the very knowledgeable on that topic. I, I can't speak to all of them. That's why I always say get three quotes because you yeah. might have a you might have a dud in the mix and you won't know unless <laughs> you compare them against somebody else. But yeah, it's it's really uh, beneficial for them if you know how to access solar. So they often help that uh, process along. Some of them even have provide their own financing. It's quite neat, you know, like those furniture companies that do uh, yeah. uh, they, they give you the uh, furniture and you pay over time. <laughs> or car, car, car dealerships, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's really interesting to see how creative some of the solar uh, installers have become in just helping people finance their solar uh, arrays. Uh, so we're reaching the end of the interview, but I wanted to ask you one last question of where you see Solar Alberta going from here? Uh, what sort of uh, coming down the pike, as it were? Solar Alberta is absolutely growing right now, <laughs> growing in membership, growing in reach, growing in the need as well um, to expand the, the sector. I think because, uh, especially because of all the smoke-filled summers we've been having in Western Canada, um, more and more Albertans are realizing that, you know, climate change is here and now, and we can't get, let it get any worse. So, uh, so we're definitely seeing a huge uptick in demand. Um, typically, we'll get about 100 new 
home and business arrays a month, like over the past year or two uh, in Alberta. And last month we ended up with about 900. So we jumped just dramatically. And part of that I think is related to people understanding and witnessing, you know, climate catastrophes. And then part of that as well is just because our utility bills have been going up. And so there's just huge demand for solar to help reduce utility bills. So I think we're going to be playing a, a larger and larger role here in Alberta and across Canada, um, just making sure people feel welcome into the sector, they understand how to navigate it and, and are able to access the experts in the field. And so we really are that kind of <laughs> referral system. You can even request a quote on our website and our members will just fire quotes at you. So, um, so I think that that will continue to be a very important role that we play. Uh, we have taken on advocacy as a new endeavor and that is gonna continue to grow. I don't think the solar sector has had the same level of advocacy as many of the other industry um, folks. And so uh, we're definitely going to be playing an, an industry advocacy role, but also a consumer advocacy role. And so we're kind of lucky that way we get to wear both hats. So I think more and more Solar Alberta will be having strong opinions on policies and programs of the day. And <laughs> I'm lucky because having strong opinions is sort of my forte. So I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the direction that the organization is heading is, is slightly influenced by the fact that I enjoy having strong opinions, but um, <laughs> my, my board seems uh, really comfortable with uh, heading in that direction as well and, and informing government. The fact is most levels of government are calling us on a regular basis to pick our brains. And so we're just going to be more intentional now about um, actually giving them clear direction about what is needed. Uh, a lot of them want to help and they want to do something for the, the, the world and climate action is, is forefront for, at the forefront for them. And they just don't know what it is they should do. So we're just give, giving them a helpful little to-do list. <laughs> We're just going to keep creating those to-do lists. <laughs> Whoa, that's that's amazing. Um, I look forward to to seeing more of that in the future. Then, um, and I I feel I feel better knowing that you guys are out there and and really helping shape the future of sustainable energy, um, especially in in Western Canada. So, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, well, thanks for for having me. And I will say, you know, some people are surprised that we're so, uh, so loud and proud at the solar sector here in Alberta, but what they may not realize if they're not from Alberta is that solar is actually supported by every political party in this province. There's, there's nowhere on the political spectrum that you won't find solar enthusiasts. We've survived uh, a variety of different governments and we'll continue <laughs> to survive the next one. And, uh, I think that, that that's very unique to the solar sector is, um, we are, we are beloved by the libertarians who just want to say goodbye to, uh, <laughs> to all the regulators. <laughs> and we are also loved by those who don't mind being regulated and enjoy uh, getting money from selling to the grid. So it's, it's really interesting to see the breadth of support we have here in this province. <laughs> that is so great. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. It was yeah. lovely chatting with you. Uh, have a good one. Thanks, Ariel. And that was episode 8 of Solarpunk Presence. Thank you for listening to Solarpunk Presence, a series embedded within the Solarpunk Futures podcast, written, hosted, and produced by Christina Della Rocha and Ariel Kroon. This podcast is a part of Solarpunk Magazine, which is published by Android Press. 
which is located on Kalapuya Ulihi, the traditional indigenous homeland of the Kalapuya people. Today, descendants are citizens of the Confederated Tribes of Grand Ronde Community of Oregon and the Confederated Tribes of the Silets Indians of Oregon. The opening and closing music for Solar Punk Presence is Water Cooler Gang by Monkey Warhol and is available for use under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License. So, thank you again for listening, and until the next episode, stay solar punk. <laughs>